0: So last week, um, Brother Gary did an awesome job on uh, 1 Samuel 15, and so sometimes I like to, I'm a connect-the-dot type of guy, you know, like, okay, here's this dot, and then to get to this dot, I need to do that. So I'm going to go back to the lesson, uh, 1 Samuel 15, if you guys want to look at it, just for a little bit, because one of the things that, that brought out when Brother Gary was teaching last week for me is, is the first thing is... What did he say? He said, hearken to God. If you remember that? He said, wow, that's loud now. He said, hearken to God. So basically is, what that means is it's like, wait a minute, listen up, okay? So do we have our ears on? Are we listening to God? Are we wanting to listen to God? Because that will change our lives. And so um, when I got into that, is it like, you know, it's kind of funny how that, but, but who anointed Saul. I'm an interactor type guy, okay? So you got to help me out. Okay? Nobody know? Samuel. Very good. And who was Samuel? He was a prophet, right? He was a prophet. So he was the guy, he was like in line. And so he anointed Saul. So it's kind of like somebody coming underneath you and you're wrapping your arms around them and taking them down the road. And uh, so then what happened? Okay, Okay. so I like this part because he didn't hearken. He didn't hear what God was telling him to do. Because if you remember, he went to Amalekites and said, hey, you're supposed to kill them all. Don't take anything with you. So, first step of obedience was he didn't. I, I think he got caught up on who he was, trying to please the people. Um, you know, it's kind of funny, but don't we all kind of want to do that? But yet, when they are steering you away, he had a direct answer from God. Said, "Hey, don't take any of them, right? Don't take. You know, you kill all the animals. You kill. You know, we don't want nothing left of them. But yet, even though he was the king, he disobeyed, right? So, I, I kind of like. Do we have our ears open all the time? Are we listening really listening for God to speak to us? Just like out at that party, that was the weirdest thing I ever had. I I I still I'm gonna be sixty-five years old. I remember that like it was yesterday. I remember the whole thing, you know, you just play it back in your mind. Are we playing those things that God's telling us back in our minds? you know, where we were close to God and you, you know, you could hear God speak to you and he was direct in your lives. And so basically Saul got sidetracked, right? Like we do. I mean, our daily life, we get sidetracked as, well, we want to please people. We want to, uh, it's just one of those things that, uh, because we're human, we're flesh, you know, we like to please the flesh. I remember one thing is my father-in-law always said, and this came up to me when I studied it, you know, he goes, usually what happens when Saul killed, didn't kill the Amalekites and the, the uh, whoever he was, who do you want to blame it to? You know, he put the blame on somebody. He, he told Samuel, he goes, well, it's the people's fault. Remember, it's, it's those people's fault. And then he's like, well, wait a minute. Aren't you the, the leader of this group? And my father-in-law would always say this is and so he's pointing the finger at somebody else, right? It's their fault, it's their fault, but even though he was the king. And my father-in-law would do this. He'd go like this. He said, When you got one finger pointing at somebody, you got three pointing back at you. So you need to look at yourself first. Do you remember that? He would always say that. Just if you start pointing fingers, guess what? You got three pointing back at you, so maybe you better respond and answer. Figure that out, what's going on in your life, before you point your fingers at somebody else's life. Which I, after all these years, I've never forgot that. And uh, and even though Saul repented, guess what? They It already moved on to, towards the next king. So we're going to get in chapter 16, or verse, yeah, chapter 16, 1 Samuel, verse 16, chapter 16. So, I don't know how to actually do this. I mean, there's tons of ways we can read through it. You guys should have the, the notes on that. So I think I'll just read through it, and then we'll go back and capture some of it. So it says, uh, you guys got Samuel, 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, and said, And the Lord said unto Samuel, because this was after he had, he had took his hand off of Saul. He said, How long will you mourn for Saul? Because basically he was really... I mean, it'd be just like your best friend. You know, you're, you know, when we, and, and through my life is, uh, when I left, what I did is all my friends said, you'll be back, you'll be back, you'll back. And I never did go back because I knew that was the wrong way to do. And so I can understand Samuel bringing Saul in like his own son and seeing him deny God and not listen to God and stuff like that and just be so sorrowful. Because maybe we've all had friends like that, where you've seen them follow God and then just back away and totally deny God. And so, oh, I'm sorry. I, I tried to hand all those out earlier, but anyway, that's my fault. He goes, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel, and said, fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse? So what was the oil for? I thought about that. What is the oil for? Think about it, interaction because what he was going to do he was going to anoint a new king the anointing had came off of Samuel and they were passing it on so uh, anyway so I, I thought that was kind of cool and then he directly sent him to Jesse okay verse 2 it says and Samuel said how can how can I go if Saul here he will kill me and the Lord said take a heifer with thee and say I am come to do sacrifice in the Lord so Samuel was, uh, he was afraid of Saul. Even though he's the one that anointed him. he was afraid of Saul because he thought, well, you know, Saul's going to be mad, which I think I would have been if he took the anointing off. I mean, you know what? But he deserved it. And, and so, uh, and call Jesse to a sacrifice. I shall show thee what thou shalt do. I always like that. When God puts it in the word, I'm going to show you what to do, but do we have our eyes open? I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. Do you always well, oh, hear? Uh, a long time ago, I'm, I'm getting old, so this is really kind of crazy, but uh, I don't remember, I think, maybe it was, I don't remember who told me this. But you know what? God made us with what? Two eyes, two ears, one mouth. So what should we be doing more of should be seeing and we should be hearing. And lots of times we don't have our eyes open to see what's going on around us, nor we do have our ears open, so instead we want to go, right? I mean, because we want to be heard, right? We want to be liked. We want to um, be part of the group, you know? I mean, we, we all want to feel needed and be a part of, right? And so what was kind of funny is, is like the two eyes, two ears, and one mouth, and so I've always tried to do that is, is like keep my mouth shut, and people are like, you're really quiet, aren't you? And I'm like, at times, I'm very, very quiet, right, babe? Sometimes it's like she can't get a word out of me. But other times I think we should really, are we here, like with uh, Gary last week, it said hearken. Are we really hearing from God in our own personal lives? Are we making our choices? I mean, uh, I know it's a Sunday school lesson, but I think it's more than that. It's, It's a way of life. We're going back to Old Testament, but we need to apply those things to our lives today. Everything we do. And hearken to God's word hear it you know and see it and and yet if we could see the results of going away from that i think it would kind of make us really warm that hey maybe we better have our ears open and our eyes opening to see and hear god so so he and so he samuel was scared to see jesse uh i mean samuel was afraid that basically um Saul was go- would kill him or something like that. So he goes, hey, I'm going to go take this calf or whatever. I'm going to make an offering. We're going to make an offering, but yet I'm going to go see Jesse. Because that was almost a little bit uh, underhanded. But in verse 5 it says, peaceably I come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were to come that he looked on Eliab. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not very good on those kind of words like that. So, and he says, surely this is God's anointed, okay? So what do we do as people in our own flesh? Probably, you know, we don't have a picture of the guy. I mean, surely they didn't have cameras in that days. Uh, But think about it. So he physically looked at Elab, or whoever can pronounce that correctly, and said, man, this is the next king he's probably manly, he's got hair on his face, he's got big muscles, he can, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a very visual person, and so I can be way off the charts, you know, of visual, but I'm going to go, if I'm going to look for a new king, I'm going to look for a smart guy, he's brute force, he can do everything, right? That's what I look for. I, I look for a leadership that's just like whatever, wherever it is, but... He's, he's physical, he's going to get with it, he's going to tear it up, and he's going to move us forward, right? No, not in this case. And sometimes it's really funny because God will use the people that you have, you think that they don't have anything going for them, and they'll, they'll use it in your life, and it just kind of freaks you out. Because God's not always looking for the most handsome person, the, the guys with the biggest muscles. I'm in the fitness industry, so it's really kind of funny because this really fits in with my guys because some of these guys will come in and they'll be all ripped and, and you know, bruh, you know. I, I got some guys that are very big and, you know, they can throw four or 500 pounds around and no problem. But yet there's nothing there because that's just flesh. And they like to show off and stuff like that. But it's really kind of funny because you see their weaknesses underneath all that brawn and muscle. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but it works, you know. Uh, and it's, so that's what I deal with all the time because a lot of people, um, they're in, it's about themselves, really, for a lot of people. But what is it in what God wants to do in our lives? You know, it goes back to the point and finger and three-pointing yourself. We've got to examine ourselves to where our hearts are at. And, and instead of pointing the finger at the pastor or Miss Bev sitting there, the pastor's wife or whoever it is in leadership, that's the first thing we really want to do. Isn't it it's just like you go back to Samuel 15, it's somebody else's fault. They're the ones that did it. Mine is, and my wife can tell you, is I'm like, okay, I did it. Let's move on because I'm one of those guys it's just like, let's just get this over with. I did it. And as, a young, as I was the youngest of my family, as that's the way it was there. And I'm like, because my, my sister and my brother always blame me. And I'm like, fine, I did it. Come on, let's just move on. Even though I hadn't done it, but there's probably times I did do it. But most of the time I didn't. So anyway, hopefully I'm making sense from this, okay? Because it feels like I'm just rambling a little bit here. But anyway, he says, he's come to sacrifice. And when they, uh, he, look, he looked at Eli, and he goes, man, my, this is my guy. In verse 7, and said, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth, for a man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. If God was Shannon here today, Looking at your heart, what would it reveal about us, really? And, you know, I ask that my own self-question to me. What, what is my heart like? I mean, we can, we can wear the finest clothes in the world. We can drive the fanciest cars in the world. But what about our heart? That's where the real rubber's at. Where, where, where is your heart as? Where's your heart today? Is it, are we... Really following after a God? Are we really listening for God? Are we in our own little world? My, my guys, a lot of my guys, they're in their own little world. I can tell you, um, you know, because in in the whole world, this you know, what kind of car do you drive? What kind of clothes you wear? What kind of job you have? What kind of income you're coming in? What's God really wanting is our hearts, and I, I see that, and sometimes we're not. Compassionate. I, I, I'm a really non emotional guy, right, babe? Most of the time I am just. <laughs> and, that, and then, so that's kind of like my wall. You know what I mean? I, I got myself in here and I got my wall and I'm doing really good in that wall. Just don't push my wall, okay? Don't, you know what I mean? Don't push my button. And so, but God wants us to be open. To him and what he wants to do in our lives, and I think the visuality of it is even in this story, is because Samuel goes, "No, let's. I want Eli's the guy. That you know, he's big, bronze. He can take care of it all." And he goes, "God, he goes, no, that's not the guy. That's not who we're looking for." So anyway, so I'm just going to go uh, verse eight. Then Jesus called the Abani and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, no, nope. I'm not, not that guy. So he brought all the kids, all the, if you go next to the verses, uh, Jesse, Shammai, and, and he's not the one, um, and he went through all the sons, and finally in verse uh, 11 it says, and Samuel said unto Jesse, are here all the children? And he said, well, you know, there's one, he's the youngest, behold, he's keeping the sheep, and Samuel said unto Jesse, "Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he comes. So, Samuel knew the guy was there. We just hadn't met him yet. You know, the least, right? In Scripture, it's always talking about the least. So, and he sent the, brought him in. Guess what? In verse 12, he goes, now he was a ruddy, ruddy, whatever, and with all of a beautiful countenance, and godly to look, goodly to look at. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Which is really kind of cool, because he's not the guy that was chosen. You know, when I look at that, and, and you think in life, we um, look at the, the chosen as being the smartest, the brightest, all that, you know, you got the right clothes on, you speak the right language, all those things. But God is looking at our hearts. He's looking at the heart of coming up would be what? David, to be the new king. And here's this little boy out tending sheep, and he's going to be king, wait a minute, he don't know nothing, he don't, I, I mean, you know, he's a nobody, but that's, you know what, that's us, we're nobodies, but God wants to use us, right where you guys are at, right where I'm at, he wants to use us, and I think we forget that personality that, that you know, we can do our religious formulas, we can you know, I can't sing, so that was thank you for singing, Michael. I, I appreciate that, Lee Net, because I can't sing and you probably don't want to hear me sing. So, you know, I, the big joke with Mother Marvin and a lot of my pastors is I'm like, man, you sure you don't want me to sing a special? And they're like, you know what? Marvin used to say, the sixth Sunday out of every month you can sing. You know how many six Sundays are in a month? There's none. And that's, what, I'm like, more of him, come on. But that's what he would always say. He's just like, ah, uh, you know, no. So, anyway, I have saying a few times, but, you know, all the people have like, killed over and died, no, they didn't. Uh, but, anyway, so he said, uh, so he got to, down to David, fetched him, and I'll sit down. So he sent the boy to him, and then verse 13, and I'm going to go back over this lesson thing again, you know what I mean, with what I have in front of me, but... Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brother, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah, in verse 14. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. So up to this point, Saul still had the Spirit of the Lord on him, even though he wasn't a man, and an evil spirit came upon Saul. Okay? And so I look at that as an evil spirit, I'm like, and and it... and it from the Lord troubled him and so he's still king David was just getting anointed and that came on when Saul lost the anointment right that's what I would gather it as he lost his anointment so the spirit the, the troubled spirit came upon him the evil spirit in 16 it says let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp so basically What's happening is Saul's under distress from this bad spirit going on in this world. And so we want to find somebody that can, you know, work on the Holy Spirit, or work on that evil spirit, and said, and Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. So who commanded his servants to find somebody? Saul. This is really kind of funny. I'm a connect to the God guy. So here you got Saul's the, the, uh, pr- the uh, king. Samuel's the prophet. Saul loses his position because of sin, right? And so then what happens is he, he lost his anointing. And guess what? He's, it's going to come to this. It's really going to come into head because guess who comes to, si- to play the harp and sing for him? Got, got an answer? David. Isn't that, co- isn't that cool? I really think that's kind of cool how that's worked into that, that even though David's going to take over the kingship, And then Saul actually invites him in. Isn't that cool? I mean, I I just, I think that's fascinating that God works things out like that. And so it said, uh, so it's just kind of, for me, I'm just kind of weird. So connect the dots. That's like, wow, you know, God's brought in, takes Saul out, brings David, and David comes and, and sings and plays the harp for him. And that's kind of cool for me and said, okay, so, well, he's with the sheep. And so Jesse took, uh, and he went and got the kid and sent him to, and then sent them by David, his son, into Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly and became his armor bearer. So in the process, as Saul's leaving out as the king, David's coming in, and actually it kind of sounds, if you read that, is that Saul ended up approving of him. Isn't that, isn't that kind of strange? His own successor, that he got stripped of his you know, general stripes or whatever stars, and now the kid that's a a, rugby, a ruddy kid is now going to take over as king? I, that just fascinates me. And it came to pass when the, when, he came, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp and played with his hands. So Saul was refreshed, and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. But I think that's pretty cool, because really is is God has got this thing figured out for us, it's up to us to get in what God's got for us, right? I mean, uh, and that's hard sometimes because we're so selfish, we've got our own plan. I mean, I was thinking about this last night and this morning, is, is like for me, I don't know how you guys are, but I'm in the business world doesn't make me I'm still just I work more hours and do scrub toilets and whatever I need to get done but God has a plan for us and then and then of course me I'm kind of out of the box so lots of times my wife could tell you is I make a lot of plans don't I you look at my desk in my office is there's probably five or six notepads okay and the reason being is because I have all these ideas going on on my time all ahead. i like, well, I could do this, and I can do this, and I can do that, and I can do that, or I'll see something, and I can do this. So I am studying and researching all these projects that I have going. Now, lots of times we don't, I don't follow through, and you know what? And so that's with it because I'm like, okay, this doesn't work out. That doesn't work out. Oh, I need a new job because guess what? I need to make more money, right? Is that some excuses maybe in life that we've used before? I can go make more money, but I won't be here on Sunday. So, this is really kind of strange. But so, anyway, so usually what happens if I hearkening, like Brother Gary said last Sunday, I bring that word back up, if we're listening to God, He will direct your paths. Isn't that what Scripture says? He will direct your paths. And so it's really kind of funny because my wife goes, I think you, what, are you going to retire? And I'm like, honey, you know me. You just, this is the ongoing thing with us. She goes, well, you can't stay home because you'll drive me crazy, which I would because I'm just like wired, you know, lots of time. And when it's time to go to bed, I'm out. Uh, So we've got all these, I got all these business things going. And so just recently, I was really you know, I was really going out on a limb, but you know, my wife can tell you I'm out there all the time. So, uh, and so it just so happened this last week I had been trying to work this project out and working project and gathering information. I'm a gatherer of information. I'm, you know, connect the dots, you know. Uh, I was always taught uh, Terry's uncle uh, early in life when I met him, he's like, Steve, put a pencil to it. You ever hear that one? Put a pencil to it. You'll write down all the pros and all the cons. And which one, and you got to still have God settle it for you, but which, if you've got all the pros and you got more pros than cons, then you're probably a good thing. But, you know, God can come along and just pull it out anyway. and goes, it's not such a good thing. So uh, we've, I've been working on this project for a while, trying to get it off the ground and doing all my research and, filing permits and all kinds of stuff with the city and man that didn't work out good well then the next thing didn't work out and the next thing worked out and so then I'm I'm working with Emory Nui on some stuff and so basically is and I talked to uh, Dave about it a while back ago Pete and so basically it's like man I filed with this like months ago and so finally it's just like I'm like okay God I'm done with that you know what it just don't seem like you want that to go on so we'll just call it a quits. but you know, in the back of my mind, if I really wanted to force it, I could probably keep forcing it, but would that be a good thing for me? Would that, you know, because I'm not hearing from God, and so I've just got peace about, like, pff, pulling away from it, so, um, and so I've done that, but, you know, I guess the thing is, is how close are we walking to God so we hear, that we can obey, and, Maybe I'm preaching more than I'm teaching, but basically, is when you look at Samuel and you look at Saul and you look at David, each one was obedient coming through or disobedient. So, which ones do we want to be? Do we want to be the obedient ones or the disobedient ones? It's up to us. We choose that, right? Don't we have that choice? God gives us a choice to either say yes to Him or no to Him. And all that we do and say, and I, my wife can tell you, I am not perfect at all. I'm not even close. I'm I'm over at the border edge most of the time because I just, it just, I mean, we're flesh, right? We are flesh, and our flesh wants what it wants when it wants it. Sometimes I have to deal with that because that's what most people want today is they want it their way. We want the price that we want to pay. We want... If it's a burger or whatever you're ordering, we, we want it our way, right? And we've been taught that for years, that have it your way. I don't remember who the commercial, who was it, Burger King? Yeah, have it your way. Well, what about God's way in our life? What does he want? That, and that's been a big the thing with me, so what does he want? So, I got, so I'm not even close to what is on this paper, I guess, Uh, You know, they'll probably fire me. Oh, I didn't get hired anyway, so I'm okay with that. So in the first thing in your guys' lessons back there, if you got them, you know, they they highlighted these, and I guess this is how you're supposed to do it. They said, here, this is it. Uh, It says, Samuel's time, God told him to quit mourning, right? What are we mourning about? What's holding us up from doing what God wants to do in our life? Because I think Samuel stopped. I think he was mourning Saul so much that he was probably just in death mode. You know what I mean? When, or sadness. Because I, I thought he was my man. I thought, because when he picked him out, he was the guy, right? And even God approved of that. Because I had to keep reading that over and over and over again that, that wow, um, even God picks Saul out, right? That's who he told Samuel, that's who you pick. And then when it came to David, he... So I wanted the elob, which was the guy big, physically fit, probably smart, bright like me, good looking as well, you know. I mean, that's... <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I like to have fun. I really do. And, you know, it's, it's, when I can get people to interact, that's even more fun for me. Because that means that you're listening, for one thing. I can see... The action's in your face. And hopefully, the Holy Spirit's working in our lives to gather something out of this, like somebody like me. I mean, you know, I'm a nobody. And, and I still tell that to people. They're like, well, what about all this? And I said, dude, I am still nobody. Without Christ, I am nothing. And, and you know what the fortunately thing about getting to work for myself? And this, and I tell, is I get to witness to a lot of people all the time. And I get to ask them, you know, I have one guy that I've been working on for years, 20 years. I never get up. And I told him, I told my wife, wow, this while this all up, And I said, we were talking the other day. And I said, Dave, I said, one day we will die. And if you died today, I know personally that you wouldn't go to heaven. And I said, I'd sure like for you to be in heaven with me. And he kind of looked at me. And he, these guys are, some of these guys are in their 70s. And so, it hurts, but at the same time, I'm in an opportunity that I get to do that every day, and nobody's lording over me saying, you can't do that, nobody's telling me that I can't witness to people, nobody's telling me that I can't read my Bible, that we can't talk about Christ, because it's our business, and that's part of my business. It's hard to understand that for a lot of people, but... You wouldn't believe how many people that we get the witness to in in my, you know, you guys have been in my club. And so um, it's pretty exciting because sometimes I get tired of being in business, but but I see where God gets to use me. You know, it's not always in here, it's out there. And I I think that's Brother Brian's really trying to get that built up. Is it's like, look, this is not everything. We have all these lost people around us. And basically, they need some money to share. It's, it's not, you know, I mean, some of these people are seriously lost. Some I've known in church before. But but that's where God uses me. And I, I've wanted to quit lots of times, my wife can tell you. I mean, but then it always comes back to this is like, this is where I get to show the real me with Christ, okay? And that's what it's all about. And so... Anyway, so we're going to go back to this. So Samuel was angry with Saul. Uh, he said to sanctify themselves. Um, and then, I don't know how that looks in here. Of course, he looked at the elabs of physical appearance is what we normally look at. You know, you look at a resume. If you guys have ever been in business, what's he done? What's his history? Where'd he go to school at? And all those things. And so this fit, fit the, uh, the appearance for Samuel. Like, oh, this is the guy you know he's he's the one i want and then he finds out he said god says no now we want the rudy little guy the the guy that it's a nobody because he didn't say this but i'm just thinking in my own mind cuz my brain runs all the time i mean I'll, I'll sleep five or six hours and it starts running and i'm up and it's just it's go crazy but hopefully you guys have some brains like that too i don't know if that's good or bad but whatever and he said and then so then Jesse brings the seven sons and, and Samuel says, well, you know, this ain't, this ain't the person God didn't say any of those. Things. That's why he's looking for David. So finally is, is that uh, Samuel anointed David. Oh, I'm going to be about right. Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. The Holy Spirit's, here's what I like. The Holy Spirit enables us to follow and serve God, not us. It's the Holy Spirit, right? Because if it was up to us, man, we're evil. We're mean. I mean, uh, we're, we're sinners. And without the Holy Spirit, is just like that. Is the Holy Spirit is what enables us to follow after Christ. I mean, maybe physically we do because, well, that's how we were brought up, right? You know, that's how we were raised. But it's the Holy Spirit that works in each one of our lives that if we're born again and saved, that's in you, right? And he's the one that does it. We don't have to do it. He encourages us to follow after him. And it's our choice to make that decision, right? Mike's, Michael, you good for that? Okay. I guess you're, looking, you're looking like ready, okay? Uh, so I'll, I got through I, four more minutes is what I was told. So anyway, so he enables us. And then is then... You know, Saul gets, chooses David to get, bring him relief from the evil spirit. The description of David, you know, not so good, but, he's, but David is impressive. And so God tells um, Samuel, there's my man. And it's just the, it's the person that you wouldn't think was would going to be, the king. And then we can, I don't know how this all goes after this, because this is my sheet as far as it goes. So I don't know if it goes to 17 or whatever, But I really like it because these stories connect, okay? You can start in 15, and it connects of of where disobedience to God or obedience to God. And in our lives, that's what we need to look at. Are you obedient to what God wants you to do? Not me, what he wants you to do. And I I think that's the biggest thing about this lesson, as we can see, is the formula is, is that when you look down and do this, is that God does have a plan for our lives. Are we going to be willing to walk in it? That's the choice. You know, and sometimes it's like, man, God's nowhere. And, but yet, most of the part, it's my problem, not his. He's there. It's our, it's our choosing that gets us in and out of that Holy Spirit, right? Because we know. I mean, basically, if we're in touch, we'll know when we um, grieve the Holy Spirit. Or we're not following the Holy Spirit. We're like, oh. And so it's it's kind of a cool thing because once again, is we're seeing the Old Testament, if we can put that right into our lives today. That's what I like about the Old Testament. The Old Testament's probably my favorite. I don't know how many times when I first when I left that party in nineteen seventy-nine, got baptized, came into the church, I took I didn't work for six months, and all I did—I moved back in with my mom and dad, and all I did every day was read the Bible for six months. Didn't work. I had saved enough money up. I didn't have to do anything. All my cars were paid for. My parents let me move back home, and uh, and I, I just remember those times. And those are—I mean—just concentrated six months of never. Hardly ever going anywhere except for church and bus ministry. You know how that goes if you've been around Brother Marvin. Don and all those guys were. Don was a bus driver back in those days, weren't you, Don? Back in Marvin's days. He was he's the bus mechanic, man. That guy could do some, and driver. So anyway, so let's pray, because I'm, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't. Thank you for being here today. I uh, Let's just listen to God. Let's hear God, see God work because that that's cool stuff man